Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. BetOnline remains your number one source for all your sports betting this season. Everything from NFL playoffs to pro and college basketball, UFC, MMA, and more. You'll always find the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends at BetOnline. With live betting options, free contests, and live scores from almost any sport or game imaginable. BetOnline is truly the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite leagues and events. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, to receive your rewards. BetOnline.ag, where the game starts. All right, folks, this is Jeremy Evans. I am your host of the California Sports Lawyer Podcast. This is Season 5 and Episode 5. And we have a a very interesting episode for you today talking about dynamic movie pricing, or uh, as some others in the industry are calling it, um, variable uh, movie pricing. And what this is, uh, there was an article that was run in The Hollywood Reporter and um, talking about AMC's uh, Sightline program, which essentially raised the pricing on seats by about one to uh, $2 and um, um, and that, that basically that price range would get you a better seat, right? So maybe a seat more towards the middle of the theater, both in terms of, uh, you know, length and width, right? So you're, you're in the middle of the theater uh, as you walk in and also not too far to the top or not too far to the back of the theater. So uh, again, about one to $2 more. And I think from a movie sort of theater business standpoint, the idea is is that you might be able to get a few more dollars. And when I say a few more dollars, I mean per person, uh, but obviously in the uh, in the aggregate, uh, this could potentially be millions of dollars when you're talking about thousands of theaters across the country and thousands of people, uh, you know, purchasing tickets and paying a little bit more for a premium seat. Now. This is something that, you know, AMC's um, sightline program is not, you know, new. I mean, this is something that has gone on, maybe not so much in theaters, but it's definitely gone on in uh, other industries. And we'll kind of uh, dial down to what some of those are. But, you know, for example, dynamic pricing has been used in the sports realm for years. Um, This is where sports teams have ticket prices that not only fluctuate based on the traditional location of the seat, you know, so like courtside or a suite versus top deck or what, you know, you might refer to as nosebleed seats or or in the outfield or whatever. Although sometimes these days outfields is just as expensive because they're usually doing some sort of promo, like um, all you can eat or, you know, something like that. But, um, you know, tickets can be expensive, but it's also interesting how tickets can vary by what city you live in. You know, a ticket is going to be less expensive in Cincinnati versus Los Angeles or more expensive in 
uh, New York than in Miami, right? So uh, there's some interesting, uh, um, pardon the pun, but dynamics there when it comes to uh, pricing. And so you have this idea of fluctuating prices based on the seat location in sports, based on the day of the week, you know, maybe a Tuesday game or a Wednesday game at noon is less expensive than a Friday night game at 7 PM, you know, Pacific time. Right. Uh, and it also could depend on the venue as we talked about Yankee stadium is going to be more expensive than, you know, a uh, great American ballpark. Uh, and it also depends on the opponent. You know, if you have a, um, highly anticipated game you're going to charge more for that this just happened recently with lebron james uh passing kareem abdul jabbar on the points list and of course uh dynamic pricing uh, allows teams to charge more for desirable seats uh, but also allows for fans that really you know are only there uh to be there because they you know they want to be there what they can afford or what have you but they're there for the experience as well uh, and they, they don't mind sort of less desirable seats or they just can't afford the more desirable seats, right? This is the typical sort of uh, trajectory of a fan, right? You know, somebody who shows up to watch a game. And then, of course, if the seats are free or whatever, you know, you're getting comp seats or that sort of thing, then that's a, a completely different model. But uh, at least in this, you have this idea that, um, you know, you have dynamic pricing in sports and it's been going on for quite some time. Uh, now, movie theaters, again, are considering doing this, and AMC's Sightline program uh, is, is, to my knowledge, the first major movie theater to introduce this. And the idea would be that um, you, know, you would have fluctuating prices based on the location of the seat. Now, that being said, movie theaters already have fluctuating pricing or dynamic or variable pricing or whatever you want to call it based on the time of day. So if you go to the matinee, which is usually at noon, or usually in the early afternoon versus evening or prime time, prime time which is normally after 6 p.m., uh, you're going to have a different price, uh, or even based on the day of the week. You know, remember in Los Angeles, uh, for a while um, there, you could go to a theater, particularly in the downtown area, and you would have, uh, if you went on, let's say, a Tuesday or a Wednesday, and you went before noon or in the early afternoon, you know, it was very inexpensive to go. It was $10 or less versus in the evening, which was, you know, $20 or more. Um, and maybe the discount wouldn't be that much, but it would be enough to, enough to entice you to go, um, you know, if you get the time off from work or whatever. And of course, not that many people are going, so that's why they lower the price. And then it, it also allows for people to, um, to go. But of course, generally people who are uh, blue collar workers are going to be working during the day. Uh, so that's going to be a little bit more difficult, but uh, be that as it may, uh, that's that that's sort of the situation. And of course, uh, some theaters even have lower pricing. Um, as again, we mentioned on uh, you know days in the middle of the week, uh, this new dynamic pricing would mean that individual seats would have different pricing. So, for example, back row, front row, middle row, that sort of thing. Now, of course. Some local and smaller luxury theaters have already done this for years. So if you walked into a luxury theater, and when I say luxury, think of you know a waiter to your seat, uh, food menus, a drink delivery, reclining leather seats, that sort of thing. You almost get your own like little alcove, if you will, if you will, your little cove, little uh, pod, and you can kind of um, enjoy the movie as you might enjoy from the comforts of your home, except you're in a theater. 
and you're seeing a movie when it uh, first comes out versus waiting until it goes uh, you know, into a streaming platform, right? Or it's on television or whatever. Or of course, you know, you can still watch DVDs, although that uh, is becoming uh, more and more rare. So uh, that's sort of the dynamic pricing model, right? And uh, but again, these these luxury theaters have done this for some time because, you know, for example, in a premium theater, you could say, all right, if you want to sit in the front row or you want to sit in the back row or you want to have a bigger seat or a reclining seat, you're going to pay more for that, right? So this is just being expanded into a larger level into bigger theaters. And of course, uh, with the use of analytics and artificial intelligence, um, you know, in any sort of data you can collect from moviegoers, uh, and and frankly, based on sales, you know, you could you could fluctuate the price uh, based on the busyness of the of the specific showing. So if you know that a certain film at a certain time on a certain day is getting near sold out, you know, oftentimes uh, sports teams will do this. They'll they will hire the price, increase the price, like they did with the the LeBron game recently, where he passed Kareem. You increase the price uh, because uh, it's it's a higher in demand. It's sort of you know simple economics, right? If you have less of something, you can generally charge more for it. Whereas if you have more of something, uh, you can charge less for it. So um, in in either way, the business makes money, right? Because either you're paying you're paying more for a certain item, or you're paying uh, less for a certain item. But if you're paying less, there's more of it to sell. So um, that's sort of what the theaters are doing here. And again, the prices, as the theater would become more crowded, uh, the prices would go up. So it's another sort of model uh, that theaters can potentially uh, use. And again, the AMC Sightline program uh, was used during um, the premiere and opening of Tom Brady's 80 for Brady. And it saw prices rise from about one to two dollars based on the location and view of the seat. Thus, the name Sightline Program. Um, it also has some sports implications, which I'm sure, uh, you know, maybe had some um, marketing effect with the fact that this was for eighty for Brady for for Tom Brady and the Sports Connection. But again, because you sort of have sightlines in a ballpark as well, and mostly when you're talking about you know sports, it is about sightline, you know, and and so I think. The entertainment industry is borrowing from that. Uh, of course, moviegoers, executives in Hollywood, actors, producers, and directors all had different reactions to this price increase. Uh, some went so far as to say that um, this was removing of the sort of democracy of theaters and the fact that everybody paid the same price, uh, even if it's for different tickets. Um, others that, you know, think that this is a, an interesting way to increase business and, and maybe something that was even long overdue. Um, now AMC has promised that the price increase is temporary. Uh, they want to see basically how attendees react to this, you know? So I think in reflecting on this, I think for one studios and streamers and theaters all need to find ways to keep their businesses moving forward. Uh, and that includes increasing the price. I mean, this happens, you know, in, in every industry. Um, you know, nonetheless, there is something about the theater being a place where every seat was the same price, and it really just came down to how soon somebody purchased the ticket. So, if you were, if you knew you were going to go to the theater and you knew it in advance, 
and you knew it a few weeks out, you could purchase the ticket and you know not have to worry about an increased price. But generally for people who are waiting to the last minute or what have you, uh, as movie going often happens, because sometimes it's word of mouth. And for the most part, it's word of mouth, whether that's through speaking through some to somebody or it's through a platform like social media or the internet or whatever. Um, but that's usually the case, right? And of course, the more popular the movie, the time, the day, uh, usually meant there was more or sorry, less inventory and and less selection. And of course, sports works the same way, right? Except that, you know, when there's less inventory and there's less selection and a better opponent, better day, you're going to pay more for the ticket. Um, of course, the distinguishing factor is that ballparks and arenas and stadiums are much larger than a theater. So the idea that you're going to get a far worse seat in a ballpark is much more likely than it is if you're going to be in a theater and you're unlikely to have any sightline problems because you're not going to have poles in front of you or, you know, um, any sort of grandstands or, you know, uh, or people standing up or cheering, right? For the most part, you're quiet in a theater uh, and it's dark, right? So, um, which is why they always run those little clips in the beginning about turning your cell phone off or airplane mode or, um, you know, and of course people have a tendency to shush other people when they get too loud. So, uh, which would not be the case in a ballpark. Um, although jokingly, uh, Peyton Manning, uh, once tried to do that during, a, a football game when he was trying to shush the crowd, <laughs> the opponent's crowd, uh, to get them to be quieter so he could make the, the, the signal calls from, uh, from behind the center. Uh, but, Again, it is a business and they're looking for ways to increase price. And um, and, and I think uh, my guess would be that this sticks around. I, I think that theaters need to be creative and they need to find ways to make money. And frankly, they got hit really hard by the COVID-19 pandemic when people weren't going uh, to theaters. And because the policies at the time uh, were basically forcing people to uh, stay home or highly encouraging them. Uh, to stay home with some some level of repercussion, however legitimate that was or not, with regard to whether they would get in trouble. Uh, but um, that was that was the case, right? That was that's the history of it. That's the facts. But I think with movies like Top Gun Maverick and Avatar: The Way of Water, there's been a new uh, resurgence, if you will, in movie going. But of course, you know, as production slowed down during the pandemic and as movies continue to push onto the streaming platforms, uh, it's harder and harder to come by, um, you know, really good content in the film, you know, theatrical setting, right? Because it's just easier for streamers to produce something and then go straight to 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 a streaming platform. Um, now, obviously, it would be great if a movie could be both in the theater and then also streamed and where streaming sort of takes the place in DVDs, right? Because history will tell you that a movie would have basically two bites at the Apple. It would be released, you know, in a theater, you have some exclusive theatrical window for some period of time, depending on how uh, successful it was or some standardized time. And then it would hit the DVDs and you'd have these sort of double sales. Um, I think there's an opportunity for that to happen in the streaming sense. If movies would, uh, be in the theaters and then go to streaming as well. Uh, so you could sort of have that. But I think part of the problem is, is people are showing less and less inclination to go to the theater and they would rather just watch something from home, especially if you've got a big TV and a leather recliner and all those things that you have at home. 
and and for the most part you're going to the theater because you don't have the movie immediately accessible and you have to go in person or because you want the experience right i mean i happen to be a movie goer i love going to the movies but you know that's not for everybody and uh and i think this is the way the theaters are somewhat trying to combat this in terms of um continuing to make a profit right or or to get out of the hole from the from the pandemic so we'll see if it sticks around uh with you know the premium pricing um dynamic pricing or or whatever we want to call it I, but I think it's here to stay, and I think maybe some theaters won't do it, but I think ultimately competition is going to drive it to being uh, a situation where almost all theaters offer it. Um, and so, and again, I think the data will show that people people have proven that when they have resources, they're willing to pay more for a premium. You know, like for example, during the pandemic, if you guys recall, uh, Disney would release films and other. Um, you know, HBO Max would release films on there, uh, but they would do so. Normally, these would be theatrical films that you would release in the theater, uh, like The Matrix 4 or what have you. But they ended up releasing them on the platform because the theaters weren't open. And so they ended up just charging a premium for it. And people have clearly shown that they're willing to do that and willing to pay a premium that is still less expensive than going to the movies, particularly with a family involved, right? And then buying food and everything else. So it's not to, um, you know, say that theaters are a bad thing. I, again, I'm a theater goer. I love theaters, but it's just about the convenience and some other factors that I'm sure go into people's minds when they make these choices. Uh, and of course, people have also shown that they prefer premium content in terms of um, the streaming aspect, meaning that they're willing to pay more for no advertisements or delays. But then, of course, a lot of these streaming platforms have now introduced, you know, ad-based options. Um, for folks who want to spend less or don't care about uh, the financial um, aspect or care less about it. Now, of course, the issue going forward is going to be the creation of the different classes of people watching movies. That's been one of the arguments made, right? Uh, but then again, theaters are a lot smaller. And, and you know, frankly, it's hard to find a bad seat, albeit uh, it is not easy to sit in the front row of a movie theater, particularly when you're right in front of the screen. But I've still enjoyed movies, you know, um, you know, in the front row where a theater is packed. Uh, and then, of course, the back row, sometimes it's, it's harder because you've got more noise and more people to look over. Uh, but that being said, it's not like you're sitting in the top deck of Dodger Stadium looking down at the pitcher's mound, right? You know, um, it frankly, most seats in a theater are closer to the pitcher than the catcher is, right? Um, so it sort of you know, put that in perspective, right? Most theaters can fit, um, you know, inside of a, you know, a baseball diamond, you know, inside of a, uh, maybe an end zone or two, right? So it's not like we're dealing with huge venues here. And of course, the price increase is, is, is nominal in the sense that it's one or $2 more. And let's say $4 to $8 more for a family of four. Uh, for for really good seats. And of course, you're still going to have options to go on off days, options to go earlier in the day, that sort of thing. Um, but look, theaters have a choice here, right? They can, um, you know, they can set it up, you know, to where they can make more money, but also provide opportunities for middle class and lower class folks uh, who don't have the resources to get in there and see a film. Um, and of course, if this is implemented correctly, theaters could have a could benefit from this tremendously. 
uh, by an increase of revenue and the, and really the exclu- exclusivity created, right? The whole fear of missing out. Um, now again, but this can be balanced by having, you know, lower prices on certain days and times, uh, that sort of thing. Right. And of course, bear in mind the whole theater size thing, uh, this, I, this idea I think is important because if let's say somebody pays $2 extra, a dollar extra than you, but they may only be sitting one row in front of you or two rows in front of you, or maybe they're three or four seats away. You know, so maybe you pay a dollar more for a middle seat, but you pay, you know, a dollar less for a seat on the aisle. Um, and then look, I've sat in, you know, pretty much all different seats in theaters over the years. And, um, and, and again, it's, it's not that much of a difference. It's more of a, are you going to be more or less a little bit comfortable? That's, that's really the question right now. One other idea to think about and sort of a closing thought is this idea of as theaters look towards dynamic pricing, not only is it going to be important how it's implemented and where it's implemented, uh, but it's also, of course, we went through all of that in terms of you could base it on the popularity of the film, the crowdedness of the film, uh, of the theater, um, the time of release, you know, whether it's in the first week or, you know, three weeks out. And then of course, you know, you could just, you could base it on, you know, the, the theater location, um, you know, whether it's, uh, you get, you know, additional benefits with that seat. Like, you know, for example, say you get a, you know, um, popcorn or you get something to go along with the seat with the premium price, or you get some sort of movie points or discounts. I mean, there's a lot of different, you know, ways that you can implement that. And I'm sure the theaters will be looking at. And of course, theaters could also look at brokering deals to, provide exclusive exclusivity windows for films that are normally meant just for streaming. Uh, you could also have popular docu-series or documentaries uh, that would typically be only streamed and put them in the theaters. Um, or like what's already been done, you could put popular sports events in theaters. And then what you end up having is an exclusive game watch venue, you know, and it might be even more now, obviously um in a game watch, you're not going to be quiet, right? It's going to be more of a loud environment. And I don't know how the effect of that would be uh, if you've got other films that are being played next to you or whether the, the, whether the film is, um, you know, a lot of those movie theaters, maybe they're soundproof or they could make them soundproof, right? But again, these are just more ideas in terms of bringing in revenue. And I, I think, frankly, not that I've done it at this point, but it might be kind of entertaining to go to a nice theater and to watch a game, you know, in a stadium seating. Uh, and so in some sense, it's kind of a combination between um, being live at a sports venue, which is almost always stadium seating. Uh, very rarely is it flat. I think the only sport we really watch something on flat ground is golf. And even there, you still have grandstands around certain holes, right? Particularly the 18th. But uh, again, these are just some ideas. Um, and we'll see how this plays out for theaters and uh, for moviegoers, but uh, this has all been about uh, dynamic movie pricing, and um, and appreciate listening in. I'm Jeremy Evans, your host of the California Sports Lawyer Podcast. This has been episode five of season five, and as always, thank you for making us the number one sports law podcast in the world for three years running. And I'll look forward to being back with you next week. Thank you so much. Mm-hmm.